All right, everyone, welcome in into the Triangle Podcast. Of course, on our lovely Couch Guy Sports Network, CouchGuysports.com, at Into the Triangle on Twitter, at Couch Guy Sports, everything else on social media. Rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes to us, to all the other podcasts, Stitcher, and the YouTube channel. Go smash subscribe. Uh, Brianna Pear's new show is out. Awesome. She's killing it. Episode two just dropped today, Friday, as we're recording this. So go out, check her out if you haven't already. She's doing awesome. We have another show dropping soon as well. So just subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit that button. Uh, check out the Twitch channel, new Twitch. Um, go subscribe to the Twitch channel. If you have Amazon Pre, uh, Amazon Prime, I combined words. It's, <laughs> if you have Amazon Prime, it's free. You don't have to pay anything. Just hit subscribe. Hit the button. Boy, you really are a rookie in all this. It's Friday. Al, what's up, my guy? I'm just chilling, Jared. Red Sox baseball is back. Obviously, like Jared said, check out everything on the YouTube channel. Check out Couch Guy Sports podcast on there. We did our second round of trivia last night, which once we got the connection going was a lot of fun. Have another one of those in the future. Just stick with us. There's a lot going on in Couch Guy Sports, and we're going nothing but up, upward. We're recording MLB, Red Sox opening day. MLB played last night. Mookie Betts in a Dodgers uniform. Wee! We'll talk about that. Um, it just feels nice. Just to have the Red, Red Sox baseball that matters. Like, look, Al, I'll be the first to tell you. We have other things in this town. Celtics are going on a playoff run. Bruins are looking to go get the Stanley Cup back like it should have been last year. Patriots are going to be starting soon. And I just saw on my phone that the NFL agreed on a policy with the Players Association that the NFL is going to report to camp. So that's happening. Fancy football start. Like, we have a lot going on. Yeah, we do. Baseball, 60-game season might be taking a back burner. But. There is some stuff to talk about. You know we'll still watch Red Sox baseball. Um, we're going to talk about Mookie Betts in a minute. We're going to talk about the Red Sox in a minute. They, I already have a lineup issue first game in. Of course, shocker, I'm that guy. Yep, One thing I want to talk to you, I want to ask you about, we're going to start off here. And this is because I didn't even actually bring this up to you. Um, MLB postseason. They added teams. Are you okay with it? Of course. I mean, it's just such a screwy year anyway that – if you want to add more teams and give more teams a chance to make the playoffs, make it more exciting and make ratings go up, why not do it? I mean, you have these teams that usually don't have a chance, like the Reds or the Padres or something. In a 60-game season, though, you never know what can happen. Get some of those younger teams that are exciting in there. As the Red Sox are a playoff team now. If you're not excited about this, this is great. Like, the top eight teams now get in. The Red Sox are seven or eight. And right maybe there. six. maybe six if they're like – play out of their mind erod comes back we'll talk about that too but the red sox i mean the top six teams really arguably are like you know yankees astros um twins indians rays a's yeah like there's your top six that's pretty straightforward um blue jays are pretty much even with the red sox this year in my opinion um they're also not playing in toronto because that's I'm happening in buffalo they're, now. they're playing in buffalo they're supposed to play in pittsburgh and then pennsylvania wouldn't let them so now they're playing in Buffalo. Sorry for they them. They play not... Camden too. Didn't like they talked to the Orioles about using Camden Yards too. They talked about Cam- – they had a lot of options because Toronto, the, the province of Ontario, didn't want them because of the whole travel. And that shows you how bad our country is doing at this whole COVID thing. The yeah. fact that Toronto and the, the, the province of Ontario said, nah, F off. You, we don't want people going in and out of the States. We barely let people come from the States now as it is. Actually, they aren't, they aren't letting people in from the States. Um, it shows you how bad – our leadership in this country is and how bad we're handling this. That's a whole nother topic and show I don't want to get into, but it's just, it's just eye opening, right? It's just eye opening to what's going on. Blue Jays don't get to play games at home. It doesn't really matter. There's no fans, but 
Now they got to play all their home games in a rinky-dink stadium in Buffalo. Um, and you'll see it because the Red Sox are playing Blue Jays a lot this year. So you will see what that stadium looks like. But um, baseball, postseason, more teams are getting in. One thing I love about it, the top seed gets the top seeds get to pick who they play at the bottom, which is fun. So one thing that's been posed is like the Yankees are the best team in the AL. I don't think there's any really doubt about that. Nope. If the Yankees get the one seed and the Sox are down there and they get in, if you're the Yankees, are you picking the Red Sox? Probably, but it also depends on, you know, how the Red Sox do during the regular season, especially that lineup too, because we've talked about it before. You still have, you know, that top of the lineup of Benintendi, Martinez, Bogarts, Devers. And then even after those guys, you still have Michael Chavis, Mitch Moreland, Christian Vasquez, you know, who all had good years last year. So it's like, you don't want to mess with this Red Sox lineup, especially in a shortened season. If I'm the Yankees, I go, hell yeah, give me the Red Sox. <laughs> the Yankees are going to smoke you nine times out of 10 this year because your pitching sucks. Look, Red Sox offense, we've said it, potent, still good. Probably a top three American League lineup. Top three American League, 100%. And then you add Verdugo, it's not Mookie, but whatever. Their pitching's garbage. Yes. Pitching is garbage. Their ace is out again with COVID symptoms. Erod, um, he, didn't ha- he, he didn't test positive. And we can jump into this. He didn't test positive. He just had the symptoms. And now they're saying, okay, it's going to be a week. And then we'll reevaluate and he can resume baseball ops. Is it really going to be a week, though? Because if you look around the country, Al, other people who have had COVID, non-athletes, just normal people even, and athletes too, but this thing kicked my butt. I, three, four months later, I'm still feeling issues because of it. And right. look at, I mean, Freddie Freeman, he's still feeling it. He's playing, but like he was on his deathbed, essentially. Like that's, he, he said that. And not and only people, that... Not only that, Eduardo Rodriguez came out and said he feels like he was a 100-year-old man with just all the pain that he was in and just all the, like, soreness and everything. He, so, couldn't, he couldn't move. Yeah, so if you're that sore, and Rodriguez, is, I think, is like 27, 28, right around that area. You know, if you're feeling that as still a young pitcher in the MLB, you got a problem, and it's not going to go away just like that. Expecting him back anytime soon is honestly, I think, naive. If you're the Red Sox or Red Sox fans, look, I hate – I mean, I – I don't believe it 100%, but I, I slightly start to think that there is a chance he could just be out the whole year. What if the Red Sox give it a week? Think about this, Al, right? Give it a week. They t- that could be when he starts to resume baseball ops. Then he has to give himself a week or two to ramp back up to pitch. So you're thinking two, three weeks, that's a third of a 60-game season. Like, right. that's not a lot. Like, two, three weeks in, the hun- in a normal summer, not a big deal. 162 games, two, three weeks, take your time, come back, we'll figure it out. Long season. 60 games. 60 games. Erod misses three weeks, and that's like that's at least kind of, 18 games. And that's like a minimum. You're only going to get like 11 starts in a season like this anyway, maybe 12, and he won't get 12. So why wouldn't it sound okay to just say, you know what? What if the Red Sox open the season three and seven? What, what? if the Red Sox open three and eight, three and nine? Is he really going to want to come back when he's, if he's not 100%? But they're, but they're not going to. That's the thing. Like people think that they're going to start off that bad. Their first seven games are against the Orioles and the Mets. And keep in mind, the Mets just lost Marcus Stroman. He's on the IL right now. So now you dodge Stroman. Sure, you might have to face Jacob DeGrom. That's fine. But Noah Syndergaard's injured too. So if you take care of – and we talked about this on Legends Lingo the other night with Pat Light on with us, and he agreed with the same thing. You theoretically should sweep the Orioles or at least take two out of three. Then if you can take – two out of four or three out of four from the Mets, 
and you start off five and two, that's not bad going into the Yankees and Rays series, which we know the Yankees and Rays are far <laughs> superior. And then you to win the like Sox. two games in those two series. Yeah, I think they're better. They're better equipped to beat the Rays. I mean, the Rays I think are going to get underrated the whole year anyway, because unless you watch baseball, it's the Rays, Tampa Bay, whatever. Yankees are the favorite. They're probably going to go play the Dodgers and Mookie Betts in the World Series, and all this is going to happen. So, I look at this. You're right. They're probably not going to start three and seven. Uh, that's just a hypothetical. But if Erod's battling this, comes back for a few games, still doesn't feel great, and then overall this team doesn't have a great start, even past the first couple of series, why wouldn't you shut it down? Like I'd almost want him to. Like, then, look, then just, you, go ahead. Yeah, I'd like you look. You, you're, you're starting great, awesome, but then you're playing good teams. You know you can't compete, even with an eight-team eight playoff in the AL. Erod's your future. Like, he's really your only good young pitcher you got. So, like, you can't really risk him for a shortened season that you're not going to win a championship anyway. But, but the thing is, too, that you have to think about is just, like, why don't, the, why don't people think the Red Sox can beat the Rays? I know the Rays have a great pitching staff. We know that. Blake Snell, Tyra Glass, no, they have – a good solid overall pitching staff and that bullpen is very very good and the red sox sucks we know that yep Mm -hmm. but who is in that raised lineup that really strikes fear into you name me three hitters games last year what was that they won 96 games last year yeah right on that yeah probably because of their pitching i mean yes pitching does win you i know i get the old saying offense wins games defensive pitching wins championships i get that i'm not naive i understand that but the thing is in a shortened season you know, with, guy, with guys' arms especially, not 100% right now, why would you not take a shot and, you know, go with the Red Sox over the Rays in a shortened season when the pitchers aren't 100%? I don't disagree in a sense. It's going to take a little bit of time for arms to ramp up. But I also think batters have got to get their timing back. Like, they didn't get a full spring training. Now, do I think spring training in general is way too long and they don't need that much time? Yes, that's a whole, again, another conversation that we should shorten spring training. But they didn't get what they're used to. They're coming out of this. Now they got to adjust to empty ballparks and all this stuff. And it's just hitters have to adjust, I think, more than pitchers do. And so I, I look at this and go, okay, Yankees, Rays, top two teams in the AL East by far. Uh, maybe top three, two out of the th- top three teams in the AL. Um, because I really think it's like, it's Yankees, Astros, Rays. Like, I think that's it. Um, so for me, Red Sox are so far below that because of their pitching. Like, I don't even know some of the guys on the roster this year. Brian Johnson didn't even make the team. And that's embarrassing because Brian Johnson has been around. We know who he is. Obviously we know what he is, but some of the, if you will start listing off some of the names on the roster, you go, why didn't Brian Johnson make the team? Who's that? Like, who's that? And that's who they're pitching. That's who they're going to pitch all year. Like, there's not like they have options. They can't just go spend money because we know they don't want to. So they're having a problem. They're not going to fix it this year. And I get, I've, we've talked about this. Nick and I have talked about this on Couch Guy Podcast as well. So you, you look at what the bullpen is, you're stuck with it because they're not spending money until next year. Nope. It's as simple as that. And once they start playing tonight, the luxury tax resets, and then obviously they can go out and spend money. But here's the thing, Jared, that I don't understand. Besides the Yankees, the Rays, and then you play the National League East too. So that you're playing the Phillies, or who I have questions about. So the Yankees, the Rays, and the Braves. Those are three legit yep. teams. I think we can yep. agree on that. But the Phillies finished just above 500 last year. The Mets have questions. The Marlins stink. The Suck. Orioles stink. The Blue Jays, you say the, the Blue Jays are comparable. I disagree with you there. I think the Red Sox right now 
Sure, in a couple of years, the Blue Jays might surpass the Red Sox. I agree. But right now, until that happens, until their younger guys develop, I would still take the Red Sox over the Blue Jays. I think the Red Sox can at least go at least 500. If not, they should go over 500 against the, the Jays. I think they can go 6-4 and four at least against the Jays. Yeah, I look, at six, I look at six and four, and that's that's comparable to me. Like going six and four, that's those are that's a good season series. It's short, obviously, but it's a good season series. Now, look, those three young guys up there, Bijio Bichette and, and Vladdy Daddy Jr. I take those three over a lot of people on our team right now. Those guys are already playing well, and those guys are playing like major leaguers. Those those guys are legit. Their future core, and I mean, yeah, I want Bogarts, I want Devers, I want all these guys, but wouldn't I take Vladimir Guerrero Jr. over most of the people on our roster? Yeah, I would. 100%. He's a a superstar. I see what you mean. I do see what you mean, but with the more complete lineup that the Red Sox have, and yes, I understand like the the Jays went out and got Ryu in the offseason. Like, I get that. They bolstered up their pitching a little bit, but after Ryu, who on that Jays team really scares you? in that pitching staff. And I know, I know the Red Sox staff sucks. We've both established this several times on our podcast and our other podcast that we do. This Red Sox entire pitching staff sucks. But again, I mean, so does the Jays, right? Like I'm not saying the Jays have all greatest pitching in the world, but if you compromise it, Ryu is better than anything you got. And even with, even with Erod there, I think, I think Ryu is better than everything you got. You take Erod out and then it's like Evaldi in it. Who else? That's it. Like, you got nothing. And yeah. then the bullpen is just as garbage. Mm-hmm. Like, the Wheel of Gutless Bums is back this year. Who's your closer? Workman? Like, I mean, work, Workman's not bad. If there's a guy right now in that bullpen that I would trust to close a game, it is Brandon Workman. Because people forget how good he was, especially during that 13 World Series year, too. And people forget because, obviously, the Red Sox had Craig Kimbrell and stuff like that. Like, Workman's a pretty solid pitcher. I'd rather him over Matt Barnes and Ryan Brazier and some of these other guys right now. To close Let me start on Ryan Brazier. Don't get me started on the head tilt. Uh, yeah, I, I, what's sad is during 18, I used to really like Ryan Brazier because he was good in 18. He was really good. Nick looked at me in 2018 in the eye via webcam and said, Ryan Brazier is the future closer of the Boston Red Sox. Dead serious face. And I'm like, dude, yeah, that's uh, a, that sample size. 2018. He he has those moments in 2018. Ryan, Ryan Brazier was a, a journeyman who happened to make the team, had a flash in a pan, helped the team win a World Series, and wasn't even that good. Like, he had his moments, but he wasn't even that good. You look at the sample size from that point on, it's not great. Now you have to rely on him. Um, and, yeah, Darwinson Hernandez is out there. He's not available right now, right, if I'm right on that. And, yep. But he's probably your future closer. Like, that's what they're pegging him as. And... Workman's not that old, so like those two are fine when they both are together. But like, if the Red Sox, I almost want the Red Sox to have the first pick. I want them to suck because good young talent at the top of of the draft has been so consistent the last few years. Get the high picks, get some stud pitching, and make sure you hit on those picks. Because I mean, look at I mean, you hit on Mankata, but he's gone. Benintendi, you kept, and he's been underperforming, but. There's some talent at the top of these drafts lately. And if the Red Sox can, that's going to be how they're going to have to get their pitching because they're going to spend some money. They'll bring in their guys to the rotation. They'll do that. They'll figure it out. But they need to refill this system with pitching. And that's just kind of the way it is. Well, not only that too, right? Look at the draft picks that they have. Look at the guys they have down on the farm right now. Think about this for a second. Tristan Cassis, position player. Bobby Dalbeck, position player. The only name, Jared, there's one name that comes to mind when you think of prospects. Do you know who it is for the Red Sox for pitching? 
he's like low A ball right now. It's um, I yeah, I'm blanking. I, you know what I'm talking. Jay Groom. Jay Groom. Thank you. Yeah, yeah I knew yeah. the exact you were talking. It's about. it's that's the only one you can think of. I mean, I yeah. think there might be one other that's in like double A right now or something. But Jay, Jay Groom's the- in the player pool. They put him in the player pool for the yeah. uh, for and now. He's had and he's had arm injuries and he's had all sorts of problems mm-hmm. and stuff. It's just the fact that Brian Johnson and God bless Lauren Campbell wherever she is because she's probably flipping a shit right now. God bless Brian Johnson for not being on this team because he might be avoiding a bad situation, even though he should I mean, be on this team. To be and, fair, he might be. He might be back. Let's see how this team goes. Hopefully, hopefully. Um, okay, we're gonna get to Moogie Bets in like two seconds, but today's opening day, so it wouldn't be a Red Sox podcast with me on it if we didn't look at the lineup and have some fun. So, leadoff hitter, not Moogie Bets, Sanders Benintendi, uh, batting second. J.D. Martinez. Batting third, Rafael Devers. And batting fourth, Xander Bogarts. I don't care about the rest. The top four is what I want to talk about. I understand what they're doing. And people who don't know baseball as much as well look at J.D. Martinez and go, why the hell is he hitting second? He's your best hitter. Hit him third or fourth. Makes sense. People also don't know if they don't watch baseball religiously. We haven't had baseball either. There is a new rule this year. You have to face three batters. It's a three-batter minimum coming out of the bullpen unless you end an inning. If you face one or two and end the inning, you don't have to come back out. But the reason why they're doing this is it's the left-right-left thing. If you put Dever sitting second, which he had been last year, you then have arguably your two best left-handed hitters, Benatendi and Devers, hitting back-to-back at the top of the lineup, and that just makes it easier for the whole three-batter minimum. So I get what they're doing, left-right-left, but why in the world do you have your best hitter Power, I think power and contact hitter hitting second and Xander Bogart hitting fourth when all you got to do is flip it and you still get left, right, left, right. J.D. Martinez is hitting cleanup where he should be. You still have Rafi Devers hitting third, which I also think is where he should be. And then you have Xander Bogarts right behind Andrew Benatendi. And now I don't even think Andrew, Andrew Benatendi is the best leadoff hitter ever. He's not that – he hasn't done anything, but now now's the time he needs to do something because – the leadoff hitter you should have is, is wearing blue. So, Andrew Benatendi, top of the order, he's probably the only person you can put up there right now. If JBJ was actually good, he'd be a good leadoff hitter, but he sucks. So, <laughs> yeah, right. Well, he's, in theory, he's fast. He can get, that's yeah, if he could hit. Yes, if he could hit. He yes, but we know he can't hit, so that's no, he why. can't hit. And that, that's also part of this conversation, too, because Verdugo's not playing tonight, and I have a bone to pick on that one. Why... Al, are you okay with, I know you are. Why are you okay with J.D. Martinez hitting second? Because it doesn't make any sense to me. Because you see a lot of, and I've seen this a lot, even as a coach too, I've seen a lot of teams put their, arguably their best hitter second, because if you get that first guy on, for, for me, it's a lot of strategy. So if Andrew Benintendi gets on and then he steals second base, hypothetically, J.D. Martinez is as good of a contact hitter as anybody out there. So you get J.D. Martinez, who can hit the all fields really well, keep in mind, too. He hits a little base hit to right. Andrew Benintendi scores. You're up one nothing unless the Red Sox pitching yeah, staff gives up but, four runs in the first. But to, so, how often does Andrew Benintendi actually get on base, first of all? And second of all, you don't trust Xander Bogarts to do that? It's not that you trust Xander, don't trust Xander Bogarts, but Xander Bogarts has more power than Benintendi, so you're going to have him three or four. You're not going to put Bogarts lead off, just like you wouldn't put JD lead off. No, I want Bogarts hitting second. I trust Bogarts to get, to knock J, uh, Benintendi in if he gets the second. I trust him to do that. If your eight nine guys some by some miracle get on base, 
because it's Jackie Bradley Jr. If he somehow miracle gets on base and, and then he can steal a base, I trust Sander Bogars to drive some of them in. Yeah, it, it, that's a question you're going to have to ask Ron Renicky then because that's about the only thing I can come up with. I mean, unless they think – like Devers should be – I think Devers should be the four-hitter on this team because Devers is more power than average. And Bogarts well, – Long-term, yeah. Long-term, I think he is your four-hitter regardless. But Right. And then Bogarts, you can put three because he's more consistent contact-wise. I think he's led the team in doubles the past couple of years, and he's been a, up and close to being the leader in doubles the past couple of seasons yep. in the whole MLB. So that would make sense for him to be three. So I, I don't know. Some funky things going on by Ron Renicky, but we'll see what happens. And there's a lot going on. And honestly, look, Renneke, 60-game season, core is back next year. Red Sox would be stupid not to do that. You look at the players that get along with him, right? Devers, monster year under core, and now comes back fat. Um, Bogart's had a monster year. You have Erod having the best career year ever. Like, under like, core has got to be the manager, and they got to bring him back after this year. But that's, again, we, I think we've talked about that. J.D. Martinez is probably the best pure hitter on this team right now, and I still, I still think he's more powerful than Devers, but that's another argument. The one thing that bugs me, and it doesn't bug me in a sense, so Kevin Pillar is playing right field tonight. Kevin Pillar brought him into platoon. They said it when they signed him. They said it again. Now he's playing against all lefties. That's his, that's his job. That's what they brought him in for. He hits the crap out of lefties, and he's just fun to watch. He's really good in the outfield. Like, if you watch baseball, you know what Kevin Pillar is. I can't wait to watch him play. But right. he was supposed to platoon Jackie Bradley, be that left-right platoon, which is perfect. Jackie Bradley is a platoon player. I wish the Red Sox actually understood that. He's not an everyday outfielder. Alex Verdugo is the centerpiece. Again, I like Jeter Downs as a player long-term. Alex Verdugo was the centerpiece of Mookie Betts deal of what ownership tried to tell us for days and days. And is still trying to say, you know, we got a good amount for Mookie Betts. Val, we got really good players back. We got a few, a future player like Verdugo and we've been sold on this. And I, and I think he can be really good everyday player. Alex Verdugo is a player that should be able to hit against lefties and righties and play every day, be your right fielder and be done with it. Right. In what world do the Red Sox still think that Jackie Bradley Jr should be in center field tonight against a lefty. Mind you, he sucks anyway, but against a lefty. And you have Alex Verdugo, the centerpiece of this Mookie Betts deal, sitting on the bench. So my thinking is, is that they want Jackie Bradley out there for the defense and the defense alone. That's about the only thing you can think of. And besides the fact, too, Tommy Malone's going tonight for the Orioles. And according to, I think it was Chris Smith that came out with this tweet, when Verdugo was told by Renicky that he wasn't going to be in the lineup, he told Renicky, hey, I can hit lefties. And then the last thing Chris Smith said was, and he, can, and he can mash lefties too, paraphrasing a little bit, but you get the point. My whole thing is this. If you're going to go late into the game and you have a chance, you know, say it's a close game, you're down a run, tied, whatever, would you rather Alex Verdugo come off the bench as a pinch hitter or would you rather Jackie Bradley Jr.? Now that's one way to look at it. You also have Alex Cobb throwing for the Orioles tomorrow. So Verdugo is going to be in the lineup tomorrow. There's no doubt about that. But there shouldn't be there shouldn't be in a conversation with platooning with him. Like it shouldn't be. I mean, he can mash lefties. Small sample size, but he's like over oh, three twelve, I think, against lefties. Dude can mash lefties, and I'm pumped to hear that he said that to Renicky. Like, dude, I can hit lefties. Come on now. The nerds are ruining baseball. That's it. Full and sample. This is exactly what this is. It's worked for other teams. People from upstairs came down with their calculators and said, you know what, dude, we got to go left right. Verdugo's not playing because we're playing a lefty. 
Pilar and Jackie. I don't and I don't even know what their numbers are on Jackie Bradley. I don't get that. But between the shift and now this, I'm over it. <laughs> Baseball used to be a very much uh, and again old school way of thinking. You know, trust your gut. Let manager actually manages the game. Players play their position, so on and so forth. Yeah, the shift's a new way game, new way form, left right matchups, all that stuff. The the rule is going to help with that. It's killing baseball. This, like, there is no way on paper, no, no stats, nothing from upstairs, none of that crap. You can tell me that you'd rather have Jackie Bradley in your lineup over Alex Verdugo. Straight up. And if you're Ron Renicky, like, pause the question now. Does Alex Cora sit Alex uh, to sit Verdugo tonight? I, I don't know. We like, can't I, be honestly, for sure, obviously. But, but if we had to guess, probably. He probably he probably plays Verdugo. Honestly, it's he Pilar, probably does Verdugo, play Verdugo. Jackie Bradley's on his on his ass on the bench. Probably that's what Cora does tonight, and that's it. And that that's right then and there. And I don't think I even really hesitate thinking that's the case. So I'm not against Ron Renicky. I was all for him being the manager. I wasn't like against him or anything. And again, for a 60 game season, whatever. This, this little decision-making, and I don't know if it's they don't care. It could be a ramp-up thing, like they don't want to rush Verdugo, but he's claiming he's healthy. Let the kid play. This is your centerpiece for Mookie Betts. We all just had to watch Mookie Betts play last night in a Dodgers uniform after signing this massive deal. Let the kid play and figure it out. Like, he, you got to play him 60 games, maybe 64 with the playoff. I don't know. Why are you? Why are you taking care of Verdugo right now? Let him play every day. You got to show us what we just got from Mookie Betts. That's it. Jeter Downs isn't playing up here this year. If you know, he plays, like if if he plays fifty two, fifty three games, I'm not going to be upset about it. I mean, that's almost ninety percent of the season. He's probably going to get an off day once in a while. Anyway, yeah, but to start the season, eh. if okay, think about this: full season back in spring, full spring training. I know he wasn't supposed to play, but just hypothetically, if Verdugo was healthy. Would we have been pissed if Verdugo didn't play on an opening day game with the normal regular season spring training everything? No. no of course way. you would. Alan. No. For one Alan. game out of 162? Opening day, Alex Verdugo, centerpiece of the Mookie Betts trade over Jackie Bradley Jr. That should be an automatic. Uh, maybe it's an automatic, but you're not going to get aggravated if it's game one. Of course one you are. No, you're, you're not. Red Sox fan. We get pissed no. off about everything. Well, you shouldn't. If you get pissed off of about everything, you, you got something shoved up, you know, where the sun don't shine. But Yeah, it's Mookie Betts. <laughs> but, again, and this is, this is what I'm trying to tell people. I had a similar conversation with the Benny and the Betts podcast. If you didn't listen to that episode with Charlie Smith, go listen to that. But, again, and somebody mentioned, like, you're going to lose the clubhouse if you, you know, whatever. Who cares about losing the clubhouse after one game? If you lose the clubhouse because you play Verdugo, you play Bradley, whatever, then you have a soft – and I'm sorry, you have a soft clubhouse. Like, Dude, everyone's get, soft in the Major League Baseball right now. They're all millennials. Don't get aggravated about one decision, especially if – I'm not saying it's going to happen, but if Verdugo comes in late in the game and provides a spark, then Ron Renicki looks like a genius, and we're sitting here like, wow, that actually wasn't a bad move. No, and then, then I look at that and go, why didn't he start? He games. Could, no, then I look at him and go, see, he could have done that all game. Eh, you don't know about that. But look, Alex Verdugo is going to be in a Red Sox for uniform for a long time. If he stays healthy and in place, that, that's just it. He's your future right fielder. You put all that money, that's what you did. Um, the guy he replaced, Mookie Betts. <laughs> Holy crap, did he make some money. 
uh, a lot of money. Signed a 12-year extension. So it's like 13 and 396 total, including the money for this year or something like that. Um, Mookie Betts deal. I think we all knew it was coming. I was hopeful. Not hopeful. I just kind of played it up that I wanted him to come back next year with Alex Cora. I think Alex Cora actually has a chance of coming back next year, and they'd be stupid not to bring him back next year. But Mookie Betts, 13 years. 13 years in a Dodgers uniform. I am going to be, in 13 years, I'm going to be 41, 41. years old. Jeez. 41. I'm going to be 41 years old. I'm 28, guys. I'm, I'm going to be a month away from turning 40. Big question before we react to it. Is he going to be a Dodger for the entire contract? No. Okay, good. We're on the same page. There's no way he lasts that contract. He'll get like maybe, five or six years, yeah, maybe win a World Series, and then some suckback team is going to pay some suckback teams going to pay for him. <laughs> oh man, Dodgers are paying that. Look, I'm not mad the Red Sox didn't pay him that money. I wish we had Mookie Betts. I wished he would have just taken the look. And the Red Sox wanted him. They offered him the what? The ten year, three hundred million. Mm-hmm. That was the best they got to, and that was probably all they could afford. They offered him the money. So it wasn't like they didn't. Everyone trying to tell me John Henry's cheap. I usually bag on John Henry. Cheap's not one thing he does. He spends money. They have one of the highest payrolls in baseball, and they're going to suck with that highest payroll in baseball. They just spend their money poorly. The reason why you don't have Mookie Betts is Nathan Evaldi and Chris Sale. That's it. You gave money at a terrible time. You didn't have to pay Chris Sale when you did. You you shouldn't have paid Nathan Evaldi. He came in. He was a rental player, and you you paid him for what it was. That was ridiculous. And now that money could have gone to Mookie Betts and you would have been fine even with the tax coming up this year. You would have been able to afford it. If it wasn't this year, you'd probably still have Mookie Betts. It's timing, right? If it was last year, you'd probably would have paid Mookie Betts. If he was a free agent next year, you definitely would have signed Mookie Betts. But because of the luxury tax, you couldn't afford to keep him this year to do that. The timing of his contract and the way you spent money, again, poorly managed by Dombrowski, is the reason why you don't have Mookie Betts. I don't think the Red Sox didn't want him. I don't think Mookie didn't want to be here. But he wanted his money. He knew what he's worth. And you know what? He waited out. And despite the pandemic, he still got a good amount of money. Um, he still got what he's worth. He's going to be a Dodger for, for a couple of years here. He's going to win a World Series, I'm sure, this year and next year with the Dodgers um, if Clayton Kershaw can stop having back issues. So... I want to talk about the fact that the deal is if you're mad at this, don't be mad at Mookie. Be mad at Dave Dombrowski. Be mad at ownership for letting Dombrowski pay Evaldi, pay Chris Sale, all those guys. I'm not mad about the Mookie Betts deal because if you're the Red Sox, you're not paying this money. You're not paying this money. No. No. It- the Chris Sale deal, I mean, I think we both can agree, Jared, and a lot of Red Sox fans will agree. When the Red Sox signed Chris Sale to the extension that they gave him, everybody was happy about it. Everybody was ecstatic about it. Everybody was so happy to have Chris Sale in a Red Sox uniform for a long period of time. Yeah, now, I think the only hesitation... I, defend the... I would say I think the only hesitation with the Chris Sale deal was look at the duties twig he could break at any moment and the way he throws why are you paying him before you need to but again i was even one of the ones that was happy with it so yeah because it was it was because it was john lester 2.0 because if the red sox let sale walk again then it would have been the same mistake they made two times in the past six seven years yep and and they and you don't want that to happen now the evaldi deal 
yes, looking back on it, that was dumb. They paid him for the World Series. That's exactly what they did. They paid him for his World Series performance. That's what they did. And it's unfortunate, but, you know, if you don't pay him – now imagine this. If you don't pay for Eovaldi, then how does his pitching staff look like if he went to another team or something? Then you have literally nobody. You have Martin Perez and Zach Godley after that. Yeah, I mean, maybe you still have That's Porcello. That's worse. Maybe you still have Porcello if you didn't pay Evaldi. Um, there's other things that could have happened. Evaldi's money is huge. Uh, but the point of the matter is, Mookie Betts is a Dodger, and there's no reason to be mad about it. Look, and I, I was going back and forth with someone on Twitter actually yesterday about this. The Red Sox are set up. They're in a decent spot. So when you look at what the Red Sox have, they couldn't have kept Mookie Betts this year. And then you were taking a chance. Now it sounded like they kind of were hopeful that he was coming back. There was a chance, like if he got to free agency, it probably would have been Dodgers versus Red Sox. And who knows at that point and to see what they would have offered. But you look at what the Red Sox are, you have a ton of opportunity for the future. You have your core in place. I hope they pay Devers this year. They should pay Devers this year. Um, I think if you pay Devers this year, it's the smart decision right? Get him locked up now. Um, but this team is locked up for the future. Bogarts took a team-friendly deal. Devers is going to be there probably. I hope Ben Teddy pans out. He needs to get his ass together. But like the core is there and then next year they're going to get a ton of money. Heim Bloom, look, the 96 team win raise last year had no payroll and they won 96 games. And who, guess who was part of putting that pitching together? Heim Bloom. There's a reason why he's here. It could have been anybody that took this job. Everyone would be pissed if it trained Mookie Betts. Someone had to train Mookie Betts, and it wasn't going to be Dave Dombrowski. So Bloom came in, and the first thing he did was train Mookie Betts. Don't blame him. Blame Dombrowski. Bloom knows what he's doing, and I'm, I can't say that, again, about the ownership. I'm over that. Everyone knows I hate ownership. The Red Sox are set up, and this Mookie Betts deal would have hurt them. And look, yeah, Mookie Betts is a once-in-generational player, and would I'd love to see him be a career Red Sox and become the next Mike Trout. Yes, but... You know what? 13 years? You know who I look at him and compare him to? Andrew McCutcheon. Like, oh. Andrew McCutcheon in Pittsburgh was phenomenal. Did he win an MVP? Did he win an MVP? Yeah. I think he did. He 2013. Did. NL MVP, one of the best outfielders in the game when he was in Pittsburgh. Now the dude's broken down. And he's like, about the relatively the same size. I, it's a really good comp. I didn't comp with it. Andrew McCutcheon is what Mookie Betts will probably be. Do you think the Phillies, I mean, do you think they, the Red Sox would have been justified to say it was Andrew McCutcheon, right? Like, they wouldn't have paid, like, Andrew McCutcheon got money that he probably shouldn't have. He broke down during his contract. Same thing is going to happen to Mookie Betts. So that's why I think, Al, you agree. Like, five, six years in a Dodgers uniform, in five, six, seven years, Mookie Betts could start to deteriorate because of the way he plays, his size, all that stuff. Do you remember when the Red Sox signed David Price? Yeah. You remember that, right? How many Jared years was, that? was pumped? Oh, of, um, course. of course. How many years was that for? Was it six? It was seven. It was a seven-year seven. deal. And you know what, Jared? That is the amount that – that is, for me, that is the most, as a GM, that I would give to any player. I don't care how good you are. I don't care how you know, much of a superstar you are. I don't care what it is. If you're given more than seven years in a contract, you're asking for trouble. Bryce Harper, look at the contract he got last year with Philly. It's like a 13-year deal, and there's no opt-outs. So you're basically saying you're going to stick it out in Philly through the good and the bad and everything, but 
But in year four, if you're still struggling, you're going to want to get out of that deal if you can get more and go to a contender. Yep. So if you're Mookie Betts, I don't care that the Red Sox aren't getting Mookie Betts back in the sense that the deal that he got from the Dodgers, 12, 13 years? No, thank you. I'll, I'll take my chances of building for the future with High and Bloom. Like, That's a long time. Long time. That, and, yeah. and the Red Sox have a, have a history of this, of not wanting to touch those big deals. That's one thing I give them credit for. I think the only, big co- the only really big contract they've given out that's worked, Manny, really. That's it. Because Manny's was what, seven years? Something like that. Eight I'm, years, I'm and he got, like four, he got like four or five and two World Series out of him? Like, yes, 100%. Look at Pablo Sandoval. They gave him a, a five-year, $95 million deal. And you know what Rusnay the funny Castillo. thing is? I still think the Castillo Carl Crawford. Deal. Carl think, Crawford. Here's, here's a hot take for you. I still think the Rusnay Castillo deal – is a much worse deal than the Pablo Sandoval deal. I still oh, yeah. think it's. Who's I still think barely has played in the majors. That's what I'm saying. You, At least you Pablo Sandoval, him, like, did you give a Triple A player millions of like? You gave him ten point three million a year, Jared, to be a Triple A player, superstar. Yeah, he's he's literally a Triple A superstar, and you're paying him millions of dollars. I remember he got his check, and then like the spring training to like Triple A spring training, he rolled up in like some fancy car. I'm like, dude, you're a Triple A ball player. At what least Sandoval this? won three World Series and was like a World Series like MVP or close to it or something. And the Red Sox that year, like the year before they got Sandoval, they had the third worst production at third base in the MLB. So they were some, like, a need. It, it it made sense. They gave him a lot of money to do it but it made sense. And I was pumped about it. I would love the idea. Cause if you did what he did in San Francisco, great. Exactly. Win a couple world series with him. He's a superhero, whatever. So, and I'm still saying that part of the reason why they brought him in was because to market the Panda, but Hey, yeah, teach their own. Um, 13 years is ass nine. There's no reason to do it. There's no need to do it. And the reason why I have so much blind faith really in high bloom is that it's not blind. Tampa Bay, 96 wins. The pitching staff has touched people that you don't really know. Not big names. They didn't go sign anybody. They drafted. They developed. Heimblum was a part of that staff for a very long time, and he was part of that drafting and developing and knows how to do it with no money. What's he going to do when he gets money? That's, he's going to spend it, and he's going to spend it wisely. That's been my biggest thing. Heimblum built a championship-type contender. Really, they are. They were with no money on a team that might actually move to Nashville. I don't know. I hope they do. <laughs> the Red Sox have money. They have the money to spend. And now it's not somebody who's going to spend it like stupidly. That's it. Right. Right. Time bloom. You have faith in him. Now, if you give me, if it's four or five years from now and they're still not a contender, then I'm concerned. But I think the Red Sox can be a contender next year, or the year after, because their lineup is potent. Yeah. Mookie Bats would have been awesome to have for a very long time. I'm not going to say no to that. But if you can, in two years from now, if we're sitting here in 2022 and the Red Sox are contenders and with a with solid pitching, or at least a couple big names, and Chris Sale's probably still here, that's a win. Like this year was going to be a bridge year, no matter what we've talked about. That next year is going to be a a better bridge year. They'll have more talent because they can spend some money, and then the year after that is when you start worrying about. It. Yes, it's going to hurt for this year and next. The Yankees are going to win a crap ton of games. They probably will win a World Series in the next two years. And Mookie Betts will probably win the other one. Like, that's what's going to happen. The next two years are going to suck for Red Sox fans. You're going to lose games. Pitching's terrible. Mookie Betts is going to win a World Series with the Dodgers, and the Yankees will probably win one too. Ugh. But 2022, 2022, 
you're back in it. Into the Triangle Podcast, Couch Guy Sports, Mookie Betts is a Dodger. It's opening day. I'm going to go watch a baseball game. Red Sox start in 10 minutes. No, it's a 7.30 game, isn't it? It's a 7.30 game. Damn. 40 minutes I'm watching a Red Sox game. Add Into the Triangle on Twitter. Rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. Couch Guy Sports is on Twitter, Instagram. It's mostly everything. Twitch, Couch Guy Sports. Uh, follow that. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Big shows coming there. All the other podcasts. Al said it earlier in the show. We're just we're going up. So just keep following us. Mm-hmm. I might be a dad. I'll probably be a dad next time we talk, Al. You're, you're going to be a dad. It's coming any day now. So <laughs> maybe next time we'll, 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 I'll post pictures. Everyone will see it. I'll be a dad. He'll probably be on the video version of Couch Guy Sports You're going to have her in your arms when we're recording. So it's all good. Right here. No, I'll do it for the Couch Guy Sports podcast because of video. But I, I will let Laura have her when we record. But um, <laughs> until next week. Guys, we have Red Sox baseball, Orioles, Mets, right? Orioles. Orioles and then Mets, yep. Orioles, Mets, and then we hit the Yankees and the Rays and just, whoo. All right, we're out. See you next week. See you next week, guys. Enjoy the game.